from WNYC. Welcome back to Snap Judgment, the Leap of Faith episode. My name is Glenn Washington. Today, we're talking about people forced to make choices with consequence. We're thrilled to feature Snap Judgment Classic. Hear it again for the very first time from Snap Judgment favorite, Joel Ben-Izzy. Snap Judgment. When I was 12, where I lived, which was the suburbs of the suburbs of the suburbs, it was streets after streets after streets leading to freeways, and I hated it. I was stuck taking buses, and as a kid growing up in L.A., cars were kind of sacred. Buses were for losers. They were hot, slow, greenhouses on wheels. I'm the only one riding the bus. That's the other thing. The buses are so bad, nobody rides them. And in protest, I decided I would sit in the seat reserved for elderly and handicapped. So there I was, and here comes a guy, he looks like he's about 100 years old, he's walking with a cane, and says to the bus driver, how much is it? It's a quarter. 25 cents. Guy reaches in his pocket, five, 10, 11, 12, that's it. I see my whole life passing before my eyes, it will be spent on this bus. Now, with a whole bus to sit on, He wants to sit where I am. So I move over to the side, I scoot over, and he sits. And he he looks me up and down, and then he does an odd thing. He reaches into his shopping bag, and he pulls out an orange, which he holds up for me to look at. And finally he says, what do you think? And I look at the orange and say, I think it's an orange. He said, yes, it's an orange, but... What do you think of it? Well, I took the orange and I looked at it, and of course, pretty much it's an orange. I looked at the orange for a long time, and he finally said, you don't understand, do you? He said, you know, I'm not from around here. Duh. He said, "I, I came from Germany after the war. Did you study the war? I said, yeah, yeah, I learned about the war in in school. He said, yeah, yeah. He said, did you learn about the place I came from? a place called Auschwitz. And I said, in fact, I I actually read an article about it. There was a big sign over the front that said, work makes free. And he got very excited. He said, when you read the article, did they tell you it was black and white? And I said, "Uh, the pictures in the article were black and white, but the place wasn't black and white. He said, no, it was black and white. He said, what I mean is that the guards wore black, black uniforms with black shiny boots and you could look at your face and the reflection on the boots and you'd see a a pale white face and there on the skin were numbers look he pulled up his sleeve and he said you see these numbers they're blue now but when they burned them in they were black everything was black white gray the fence was black the sky was gray the snow would fall one day it would be white The next day, the ashes from the smokestacks would turn it gray. But what I most remember was the food was gray. In a big barrel, they would cook maybe eight or nine potatoes and boil them till they dissolved. And you'd get one bowl of this each day, the black metal bowl. And if you got a piece of potato, you were lucky. So this was what we did. We worked. We waited for our gray soup and tried to stay warm. Now, to stay warm, I would look for paper. 
I could stuff the paper in my shoes or put it inside my black and white paper uniform to stay warm. And it was one day I was looking near the fence, and, and what did I see? There was a piece of paper, like newspaper. I lifted the paper up, and there in the center was something that I saw and I, I had to stare at because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe what it was. Well, I reached down and I grabbed it. And I hid it. And you have to understand what a treasure this was. If someone had seen me, they would have killed me just to take it. I hid this orange inside my clothes, and in the barracks I hid it in a crack in the wall. That night, while everyone slept, I took it out. And I held it in my, my hands, and you have to understand how hungry I was. I had eaten nothing but potato water for six months. I wanted to eat that orange like you would eat an apple. But I knew that if I did, I, I would have nothing. So instead, I, I rolled it between my hands. I took my fingernail and I scratched at that orange and I smelled it. As I smelled that orange, I was not in Auschwitz anymore. I was in the land called Palestine. My cousin had moved there before the war and he had written, Here we grow oranges. And the smell of these oranges fills the air. It's the smell of freedom. For the moment I smelled that, I was free. I opened my eyes. I, I was back in Auschwitz. I, I couldn't eat the orange. I put it back. And the next night I took it out again. And again scratched it and again smelled it. And I told myself I wouldn't eat it until after a, a very bad day. Well... You didn't have to wait long in Auschwitz for a bad day. Came a few days later a selection. A guard stood at the front of a long line. He had a gun with a bayonet on the end. He would stare at the person in front of line and he would point right or left. Those sent to the left went to the showers and they never returned. Those to the right went back to the barracks. He looked at me, said, right. That night, I gathered those around me in the barracks, and they said, I have something. And I brought it out for them. And each one looked at it as I had, because you see, they had forgotten the color. And we passed it around. Each one rolled it in their hands. And finally, when it came back to me, I, I peeled it. And I gave each person a section. I closed my eyes, and I ate mine. And I will tell you, nothing, nothing before or since has tasted so sweet. It was the taste of, of freedom. It was the taste of hope. I gathered up the peels. And I kept them, and I took them out to smell each night to remind me of freedom. Before long came spring. Finally, the snow melted, and there, through the cracks in the cement, plants came up. Tiny green plants. To the guards, they were weeds. To us, they were color. Eventually, the war ended, and I came here. But you see that orange, it, it saved my life. With that, the bus stopped. He got up, 
And he said, young man, remember the sweet things in life. Find out more about the world of Joel and Izzy at storypage.com. The original sound design for that story was by Renzo Gorio. It was produced by Stephanie Fu. Yep, it's about that time. But Glenn, I need more. I need more storytelling in my life. Well, I feel you. That's why I will never leave you alone, Snappers. I won't. Several full episodes are there for the asking, including the never-released on the radio Snap Judgment Twilight Special and the Student and the Teacher Special. Just subscribe to the Snap Podcast at snapjudgment.org. Dig it on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on SoundCloud. Get it now before the man finds out and we have to take it back. Snap Judgment was produced by the team that takes a leap of faith each and every week. Please say hello to the Uber producer, Mr. Mark Ristich. Our resident beat master, Pat McCedy Miller. Anna, The Grill, Sussman, Davey, Hot Sauce, Kim, Nancy, Propane Lopez, Joe, Aluminum Foil, Rosenberg, The Meat Thermometer, Renzo Gorio, Tail, Vegan Pork Ribs, Ducat, Eliza, Potato Salad, Smith, Leon, Watermelon Morimoto, Firecracker, Jasmine Aguilera. Perhaps you've heard that this is not the news. I can't emphasize it enough. This is not the news. In fact, you can run up to the bar, check out the finest honey in the place. Tell them, baby, baby, I've seen you in a past life painting. Have that other person tell you exactly where to stick your corny line and you would still, still, not be as far away from the news as this is, but this is WNYC. Mm-hmm.